Welcome to the Grow to Amazing podcast. This is Tony Mays, and I am very happy to have a friend of mine and a colleague from church and one of uh, the guys that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years. Unfortunately, we've moved away a little bit, so we uh, are didn't really get to know him well enough just yet, but hopefully this podcast is going to be the start of that. And he, uh, his name is Justin Wise. He is a financial advisor and a member of First Free Church in Onalaska, just like us. And we'll let him do a little intro in a minute, but I just wanted to read what's basically his LinkedIn bio, and that'll give us a good foundation for the talk today. And uh, it says, my grandfather introduced me to investing when I was 12 years old. He was a child of the Great Depression and encouraged my brothers and me to work hard, save diligently, and invest wisely. I can vividly recall scanning the pages of mutual funds and stocks in the Wall Street Journal with him at his dimly lit kitchen table. At a young age, I learned the value of investing for the long term. His passion is to help others achieve their goals. He takes that into each client meeting he has, whether it's with a 60-year-old about to retire or with a young parent opening a 529 for a child. Priority is to understand what's important to my clients, use an established process to customize a strategy, and then partner with them to keep them on track. His dad's run his own construction business for the past 30 plus years. You worked with him through high school and college, uh, giving you an affinity for helping individuals and families who own businesses. Factor, lots of factors go into business ownership and I work with my clients to address their needs in this area. When you're not at work, you enjoy sailing, camping and many outdoor recreational activities. In the fall, you may find, find me volunteering with Kicking Bear Ministry. Uh, it's a mentoring group that matches experienced hunters with kids who want to learn how to hunt, avid crossfitter who believes in the benefits of physical health as well as financial health, and a beautiful wife and four children, and child of God, we'll add to that as well. So welcome, yes. Justin. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tony. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation and, and uh, just really excited to, to be part of what you're doing. And I'm super impressed with what I've seen so far and what you're doing. So really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And, and I've been really blessed to have some great guests on so far. And hopefully it, it just keeps on growing. And, and I just want to have people on that can help the listeners and myself to learn something new about themselves and in and, any and ways that they can improve themselves. So I, I appreciate it a lot. So sure. Yeah. What would you anything you could add to that that intro that I had there? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I pr Probably if I, if I was, uh, you know, even more deeply honest, uh, definitely would have to say a big part of it is, uh, you know, part of my story of redemption and, and, and things like that from just okay. issues in my life. So that, you know, it's not, not out there, but it's something that, hey, I'm totally fine with talking about because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. So that's probably something I'd add as well, which I'm sure we'll kind of get into. Yeah, yep, definitely, definitely. And I appreciate that. And it is tough being completely open about this stuff in the wide world. And, and I've talked about it on some previous episodes, some of my struggles as well. And, and I haven't, I, I mean, I don't go into excruciating detail or anything like that, but it's definitely getting things out there that I haven't admitted to the public before. So it's, so I appreciate that. And I, I can definitely empathize that it's tough. And I did see on your Instagram story this morning, you're a little bit nervous about <laughs> pushing her boundaries a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's <laughs> something I think, you know, I found so important is, um, you know, I don't know, typically when um, I find myself, 
not wanting to do something, that's the thing I need to do. So when you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so a few people had asked me like, oh, you, you know, would you ever be on a podcast sometime or things like that? And then <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, probably not. And then you reached out and asked me and I'm like, oh my gosh, shoot, I got to do this thing because <laughs> it's one of those things I didn't really want to do. And now I'm being asked to do it. So, um, so yeah, so I, so definitely nervous about it, but I, you know, I'm also excited because I think in the end, you know, there'll be a lot of benefit through it all. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Well, I hope so anyway. And, and just to kind of set the stage for your success, kind of the, you had mentioned to me that you've done pretty well as a financial advisor and that, that things have gone really well there. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of what I want to do is, is step back into that, but I'd like to set the stage to say, you know, you have done pretty well. And what do you think first off, how well you had mentioned you're in the top few percent for your company, but what does that mean? I guess. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, my, my kids always say, you know, don't flex dad. Right. So, um, so, so <laughs> well, I'm asking you to, enough, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I'm very blessed and thankful to be in the top 5% of our, of our core, of our company, you know, that's looking at, um, both, um, you know, like assets that we manage that I manage mm-hmm. and my team manages and then, um, the production level that we're doing and, and the way that we serve our clients as well. So, um, awesome. Awesome. You know, I, you know, never, uh, I shouldn't say I never, I, I envisioned being here and I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess I just didn't, you know, didn't know what the path would look like to get there. So, um, sure. so yeah, so definitely, ex- you know, excited about where I'm at. And, and at the same time, you know, what I'm sure you, that people find all the time is like, you get to a certain point um, and then it's kind of like, that's just not good enough. You want to go further. And so uh, that's been a, a story of my life um, yep. for, you know, in a lot of things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll definitely hit on probably ego at some point, I think, as well, because mm-hmm. I think that probably played a big part in all of our struggles. And, and uh, but what would you say the keys have been to your success at this point? Sure. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, a big thing, you know, in fact, I just ordered a, um, you know, a mug from a, a company, uh, like a coffee mug, and, and it says, work hard, stay humble. And there was a, a huge part of my life where I wasn't humble. Um, mm-hmm. um, I worked hard, but I wasn't humble. And so I think that that humility um, and just accepting that, like, no matter, you know, I have to put in the work, I have to do what I need to do. But at the end of the day, end of the day, it's not just me that's making it happen. Um, but, but, you know, yeah, I had, had to work hard. I had to do things that other people weren't willing to do. Um, and as, as we all know, that's what it takes to, to make it in, in many areas of life is doing that thing that you don't really want to do, like being on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's that kind of thing that, that will set, set you apart from everyone else around you. And so that's, what's extremely important to me to, to always have that on my mind. And I think that's, what's helped in my business as well. Great. Great. Yeah. I've, I, I wanted to use that as kind of a springboard into where you started to develop some of that. So let's kind of go back to talk about, Justin growing up and, and time with your family and your grandfather, it sounds like from sure. your bio that you had a pretty hardworking family and that you kind of learned that at, at an early age. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's exactly accurate. You know, my, um, you know, my family growing up, I, we, we weren't, you know, weren't born in money or anything like that. My dad <laughs> uh, worked for a concrete company to start and then for the, um, the uh, like plowing roads. And then he eventually started his own uh, construction company. Um, sure. And, and so uh, my mom was always a, a stay-at-home mom and she 
um, which was great to have that. Um, but, but especially being in, and we lived in the country and so we burned wood and, uh, I tell this story a lot. We had, uh, to this day, I don't, I hate gardening. Um, and a big part of that is we had a huge garden as kids, um, where we canned like almost all of our, you know, all of our vegetables. We didn't buy vegetables at the store. We just yeah. didn't have the money for it. And so, um, you know, and I, I told my kids, they like, I'll never have a garden that big. I'll do whatever I can to not have that garden. <laughs> um, and so, but in the end it was a good thing, right. It, it yeah. drove me to, to want to have a different life, but, um, but it really was good and helped to form a lot of that. So, um, yeah, so my, you know, hardworking family, which, you know, had some great things and also some, you know, there were some downsides where we worked a lot. So there wasn't a lot of time mm -hmm. to connect either, you know, so yeah. uh, we worked yeah. through some struggles in that in our family as well. So how many brothers and sisters did you have? Yeah, I have two younger brothers. Uh, so I'm the oldest and three okay. boys. So we, we had a lot of, a lot of workers in our family and <laughs> my dad definitely, definitely put us to work on the construction site, which, you know, I mean, that was important too, is as a kid, uh, you know, getting out there working and interacting with people with his customers and his clients. And so I think that, you know, that kind of thing built in a lot in my life as well. Okay. Okay. So when you say that you kind of had some struggles family-wise connecting that it was just too hard to work, it was, it sounds like it was kind of a work came first kind of a thing. And then family after that. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, like many of us, I mean, we're not going to fault our parents. Uh, you know, yeah, they, didn't, they didn't know just like, I know I'm doing things right now that my kids are going to talk about <laughs> someday somewhere. Right. Yep. And so, yep. um, but yeah, we, you know, it was uh, pretty much, you know, from sun up to sundown, we, we worked and, um, and then mm -hmm. it was pretty much bedtime, whether that was working at, you know, for my dad on his site, cleaning it up, or, if it was, um, you know, cutting wood around the house, you know, at home, or if it was, uh, you know, just whatever we were always working and doing things. And so I think, sure. you know, the one sure. thing that that, that did is it, it, it made, um, you know, that connecting with each other a little bit more challenging because, um, and even to this day, I find like with my brothers and my parents, you know, we connect it, we connect better when there's work or something to do. And it's very easy that we'll be sitting there, you know, like on a holiday and it's like, uh, we got to go do something because we, we have a hard time just kind of being with each other and not doing something. So, um, is so that, wife, that's, is your wife good at kind of breaking you out of that mode of, of that or? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because I'll, I'll be the one that's like, okay, we got to go do something. Let's, 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 uh, you know, go out and, you know, get this done or get that done. And, and she reminds me, Hey, it's okay to, you know, spend time as a family to talk, to hang out, to ask those deep <laughs> questions that need to be asked that weren't asked when I was a kid. Oh my so. gosh. Yeah. My yeah. wife does that all. I mean, it's, it's been great because I probably learned more about my parents' younger lives in the last few years than I, than I did the previous 45 of my life or whatever, but because she'll just sit there and start asking questions and asking questions and digging mm -hmm. in and, and it's great, but it's just takes me out of my comfort zone so quickly because I'm not used to that kind of yeah, almost intimacy kind of thing with with my parents. Yeah, so. yeah, and I think that's a good point, Tony. You know, really, what it what it comes down to it is, you know, I mean, there was a lack of intimacy, and um, because it was replaced with other things, and so, um, so yeah, building that with my wife and with my kids has been extremely important to me, which I have to be yeah. very um, uh, deliberate about, just because it's not in my nature uh, yeah. because of the way I was raised. So, yeah, exactly. How do you enjoy high school? Um, so I was part of my story. I was homeschooled actually up. Oh, in, you were. Uh, oh, well, I was yeah, going to ask, ask that if your mom, if your mom did that or not, but yep. yeah. So, so we were homeschooled. Um, I think I was homeschooled. Maybe it was like third grade or not fourth grade, something like that till, um, till high school. And so, 
Okay. Honestly, coming into high school for me, uh, that was, and we were from a really small town and I think it was 2000 people. And so, and homeschooling was not as prevalent as it is now. So we were one sure. of the few families in the area that did that. And, um, you know, I had, uh, and I vividly remember this, I, you know, it was like the first or second day of high school. I had two girls sit me down and say, um, you can't wear those jeans and you need to have different shoes. And you need to get some shirts <laughs> like this. And so, um, <laughs> I actually, I am thankful for them to this day because I didn't know, yeah. you know, what yeah. I didn't know. And so uh, I tell that story a lot and I think it's kind of funny and I'm appreciative to those two girls to, to, for having done that to say, you know, maybe dress a little differently might help you. So sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, you don't, nobody wants to be that, that weird kid or something, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so I admittedly was a, that weird kid for a little bit. So, yeah. um, but you know, I think um, other than that, you know, one thing that came from it too, being in a small school is, you know, you kind of were friends with uh, or knew a, a lot of the different people. And, and there were different cliques, obviously. But I think the thing I always did, maybe I wasn't even doing it purposely, was just try to be friends with as many people as I could be and not not have judgment upon them or anything. And so, sure. Um, sure. you know, uh, overall in high school, um, you know, I ended up getting involved in, in sports a little bit. So uh, passion for me was track. And then we played some soccer as well. So that helped right. me to kind of connect better too. And, and um, also find, you know, the enjoyment of competition. I think that's something too, that really plays into, you know, just even in my career is I love competing, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, most of it's healthy competition with, with <laughs> colleagues and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, I really love that. I really think that that was formulated kind of early on in that, in that high school time with, with sports, honestly. So, okay. yeah. Okay. Great. So what did you do after high school then? It looked like UW Eau Claire. Was that correct? Yeah. 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 So after high school, I mean, my, my, well, hold I, on, I, hold on. I gotta go, I yeah. gotta go back just a little bit. Cause you'd mentioned your financing time, your time learning finance with your grandpa. Where, did you have a sure. close relationship with your grandpa when you were growing up? Yeah. And I'm actually glad you asked that. So he, um, he was amazing. Um, this was, mm-hmm. this is my mom's dad and his, his wife passed away early. So he, um, was kind of a, uh, a bachelor as long as almost as long as I knew him and he's now, he passed away about a year ago. Uh, at 95. Um, but he was extremely influential in, in my life and my brothers and my cousins because mm-hmm. he had so much time for us. And one of the things sure. that, that he always, um, always did and always said, he always, he never said no to us, not for things, but just like, if we wanted to try something, you know, whether mm-hmm. it was like, Hey, let's make a solar car or let's try to get this old car going, or let's try to start this motor that's been sitting there for 20 years. Like <laughs> he never said, no, don't do it. He always just let us try. And so, yeah. um, he was, he was extremely influential in that. And then the other thing is with, um, you know, I tell that story in my bio about um, investing. And so uh, he always had us working for him too, uh, but sure. he paid us unlike my parents. Um, <laughs> but uh, your room and board, that was what right, you got exactly. paid, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. But, but one of the things he kind of required was that if, if he's going to pay us, he wants us to make, you know, good decisions with the money that he's paying us, you know, not just go down and spend it all on candy. And so um, awesome. he guided, he guided us through, um, you know, investing in mutual funds and stocks. And, and we, like I said, I mean, literally we'd sit at the table and he'd talk to us about what makes a good fund and a bad fund and a good stock and a bad stock under his, you know, his opinions. And, sure. um, and then we, we took that money as we saved it up and, and, you know, opened accounts and, and put it in there. And, um, I, this is funny now in, in, you know, 2021 after the whole, uh, GameStop thing, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I actually owned a thousand shares of GameStop back in um, in 2001, <laughs> I think it was. Okay. 
which I sold for like $3.86 each uh, share oh, in order yeah. to pay for some college. And my kids are like, Dad, if you would have kept that now, look at what we could do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, so anyway, so yeah, so, so he was, he was very influential, especially in that realm. And we spent a lot of time with him and taught us a lot of stuff too. He was always, always, uh, like I said, he retired early. His wife passed away early. And then um, he spent a lot of time with all of us. Mm-hmm. So did he have like a farm or anything like that, or just a regular job or what did he do? Uh, he or actually he worked for the, by then? yeah, he was retired by then and he had worked for the state um, DNR and he lived on a lake and had a, had a, I think it was like a hundred and some acre property as well. And so, um, That's you know, awesome. so yeah, so we, we, I mean, it was um, a lot of fun and a lot of, a lot of work at the same time, but we, we loved going to his house on the lake and um, mm-hmm. he, you know, he lived there until, until he passed away. He always had his lake house is where okay. his permanent residence. So okay. um, yeah, so spent a lot of time on the water. That's kind of where the sailing comes in. We, we sure. did a lot of water sure. sports and stuff too. Yeah. Sure. So how was your faith life back then? Did your family practice faith much or not? Um, yeah, they, you know, they did, they were, um, you know, when I was young, very young, I think they were Lutheran and then they kind of switched to evangelical free. Um, and so I went to an e-free church, uh, when I was, when I was young and, and, okay. you know, I would say I, um, you know, I, I learned about God and, and, and Jesus and stuff when I was a kid and, um, you know, and, and um, ha- had a belief at a young age, honestly, uh, but I, you know, um, and what we can, you know, probably talk about at some point is kind of how that all played out, but, um, sure. Yeah. So I had a, definitely had faith as a, as a young, young child and, and grew up in a, in a church and going regularly and had a lot of input from a lot of people there, uh, which, you know, I don't know, looking back, I, I see how, um, how important the people in your life as a, as a kid is, even the grownups that are around you, uh, mm-hmm. because I know that a lot of the things that I, you know, do now and the, the things I want to do in the future come from who I was around and what I, you know, yeah. what I gained from them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, my, kind of kind of similar i mean i grew up catholic and we had a fairly standard catholic upbringing but i don't know at the time that it was i i didn't feel like i had a close relationship with god at the time or anything so i think that that definitely played a part in some of my later struggles i think i tried sure. later but i think i don't know I, I don't know if my heart wasn't in it or or if i just wasn't ready for it at the time or or whatever yeah. you want to call it you know who knows? I wasn't ready to, to give up the things I wanted. You know, I wasn't ready to give up the things that I wanted to give up or keep, you know, at that, right, at that yeah, point. Yep, so, yep. Yeah. so, okay. All right. So, I mean, you already, you're already investing as a high schooler and things like that and, and, and setting the stage. Did you know that you wanted to do, so your degree is in, you're in, you did a biology degree? though yeah you do like yeah. a business degree or finance or anything no, like that no and you know and that's kind of one of the things too my that my grandfather grandfather was an influence in. you know he always said oh, you know, gotcha. go go, yeah. go to school for what you're um you know what you're interested in and you can cut and you know you can you know learn about what you're interested in you can do go anywhere where you want with whatever your career ends up being so mm-hmm. i had an interest in in biology and medicine and i was kind of you know following the pre-med track i actually gotcha. um as i kind of got into college um and, uh, and, and then, and, I, and honestly, coming from a small school, um, you know, even Eau Claire wasn't that big, but going there was like, holy cow, there's a lot of work you got to do here to keep your grades up. Um, and I, you know, just a lot more did distractions not do too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I joined like every club you could, like when they had their, uh, you know, their kind of day when they showed all the clubs. So I was in every possible extracurricular you could do. Um, 
And, you know, I think, and also, you know, part of this too is in my family, um, my, neither of my parents went to college or graduated from college. My mom went for a year. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so there just wasn't a lot of, um, you know, it's conversation about like, oh, college is hard or, and you really, you may have to spend your time studying till who knows what time yeah. and things like that. So I didn't know exactly what to expect. I just thought, oh, I probably should go to college. My grandpa talked to me about it. So I'm going to do it. Um, and so was high school easy enough for you that you didn't really have to study in high school much or. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't have like a awesome GPA, but it wasn't horrible. It was, you yeah. know, three point something. And so I didn't have, and I didn't have to try too hard to get yeah. that, but then, yeah. you know, college <laughs> came and it was like, Oh my gosh, uh, what is this? Uh, yeah. It was a shocker for me too. So definitely. <laughs> yeah. So you get it. It's, it was, yeah. uh, it was definitely a challenge and, and um, it, it, okay. And so in a good way too. So, you know, for me, I was pre-med, um, you know, biology major, uh, really heavy in sciences, and I mean, the classes were really challenging. And so, uh, but I was really committed. I really was, you know, goal oriented. And I wanted it. To, that was my goal. And so I kept pursuing it. And I mean, there were, there were classes I had to take a couple of times to get my GPA up. And, um, you know, a lot of people are like, why are you even doing that? Uh, mm-hmm. But I was, I was glad that I did. I think that that, you know, set the stage for later in life in my career of, you know, sure. having that stick to and that ability to push through the hard stuff and, understand what it's like to fail and get back up again and fail and get back up again. Um, and so I actually, I'm glad I went for biology. Now I kind of wish I could have had some business classes and finance and that. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but I think what it did is it set the stage for the, um, you know, for the work ethic that was needed, uh, in order to make in what I do successful. So, and a little bit of resiliency and things like that as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was a big part was that resiliency is, is getting back up, you know, cause I, I fell many times in the sense of, uh, coursework and grades and things like that. So, um, did you ever think think about quitting or anything along those lines? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that definitely flashed through my mind, like, you know, what else could I do or should I do? But, by that mm-hmm. time, I was, you know, probably into my sophomore year or junior year. And so it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I could, yeah, I might as well finish this, you know. And so, um, <laughs> but the realization came too, Tony, is that, you know, there's no way I'm going to get into a med school. I'd have to really work hard to get my GPA up. Um, okay. And so uh, that, you know, that was a hard uh, thing to, to actually start to accept is that, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not going to happen. So I had to kind of okay. redirect my path after after I kind of realized that. Um, and, okay. and so, yeah. Yep. And you were doing that, but you were already redirecting yourself kind of before graduation. Or... Yeah. 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 Pr- probably the last two years or yeah, probably the last year and a half or so I was kind of like, Oh, I need to do something else. So I started kind of, you know, looking at what else I could do. I kind of went down with the biology um, uh, degree. I kind of went down the route of uh, public health and things like that a little bit and got some, you know, did a quite a few of uh, different internships. So that was helpful to kind of see what do I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I mean, so basically we graduated, uh, got married and then had to find a job. <laughs> and so, okay. yeah. um, so that was, that was the next step. And, and we kind of got into the job search and, and didn't necessarily lead down biology or, or environmental health or, or uh, public health. So you skipped over meeting your wife in college though. So yeah, did you, yeah. did you know her before college or you met her at, at school? No, we, so we met, they had this leadership. Um, I don't know. It was uh, this leadership summit. She got invited to it and I did as well. And that was the summer before uh, our freshman year. And okay. so we, we met there and started a friendship. And so, um, you know, so we kind of, she was one of the few people I knew at school because, um, 
a few people from my high school end up going to Eau Claire as well. But, um, okay. but, but I, you know, knew her ahead of time and we stayed connected and, um, and so, yeah, so that turned into a dating relationship and, um, and really, you know, kind of set the stage for everything that was to come. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did you get engaged in college or shortly thereafter? Um, we were in our senior year and then we got married as basically right after we graduated. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What was her major in college? Yeah, she was elementary education. Um, so she was going to school for, to be an elementary school teacher and, um, and she ended up helping me a lot with a lot of the schoolwork <laughs> I was doing. She was great at writing papers, and a lot, most of the thing that I missed at my high school. So <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah. she was a good tutor also. Cool. Which I don't know if that just makes you think, oh, she's going to be an elementary education major. What does that say about me as a, <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> right, my yeah. wife was, she was the same way for a while. She was an LED major and then she went to psychology as a okay. minor. And so I'll see her when we talk sometimes she'll be like on a, on a counseling couch, she'll just be asking me questions and things like that. Sure. And how do you feel about that? And, <laughs> and what do you think you, you know, what do you think you could have done differently? I'm like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Stop psychoanalyzing me. Yeah, right. But, we we yeah. know it comes in handy, but it's still, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So, yeah. What'd you do? How did things go right after college then? What did you get into from there? Yeah. So, so right after college, um, actually I read a book, um, called 48 days to the work you love. Uh, mm -hmm. because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew I had to, I'm on my own now. I, and, and we're getting married. I need to have a job. And so, um, one of the, one of the things in the book was, uh, you know, kind of broke down. It's, it was a workbook actually, and helps you kind of find out what are you good at. And what I realized is, is, um, I enjoyed working with people. Um, I wanted mm -hmm. to be some type of role where I was interacting with people on a regular basis. And, um, you know, for the most part, I was fairly outgoing and, and, and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, and so, then the next step of that whole book was uh, you, you start, you know, not just looking for what positions are available, but find the companies or the types of work you want to do and then start writing letters to the CEO or the director of the department you want to be in. And so mm -hmm. I started to do that. Um, and this is actually an interesting story. So um, I, you know, found a bunch of different industries I could be in and I started to write to them um, and then um, one of them, uh, so I started, I wrote, I mean, literally to the CEO of Fortune 500 companies, wrote letter <laughs> after letter and follow-up letters and followed up with phone calls. So anyway, the one, this one company, a chemical sales company out of the Twin Cities, you know, called me up and said, hey, we're, you know, we're open for an interview with you. And, and so I sat down and then they're like, so, so now are you the, are you the CEO's nephew or how, how are you connected? <laughs> I'm like, I've never met him. I don't even know. Uh, and they're like, oh, okay. Cause somehow he told us we needed to sit down with you. And so okay. I mean, unreal. Yeah. So, um, yeah. well, it made so an my, impression. It made definitely oh, yeah. an impression. So, yeah. So, so I started out in chemical sales and I was selling cleaning chemicals to, you know, um, like restaurants and healthcare facilities, you know, cleaning and sanitation chemicals. And I had, a, had a route for that. So, Okay. Um, it was, it was very, um, you know, very challenging, but also, I mean, I really liked it. Something I saw like in my dad was kind of that flexible work schedule and freedom to make your own decisions. So it, it had hints sure. of that, even though it was for a, a, you know, a large company. But it was large, your performance was going to be due to how much work you put into it kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And yeah. so that's kind of the thing that, you know, um, eventually led to me pursuing the career where I'm at now is that, you know, I, I was, um, uh, 
you know, and I, I realized I was very competitive. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, and, and so over a short period of time, I became, you know, the, the, one of the top sales managers in the kind of the Northern region, eventually mm-hmm. getting to that top position. And then I'm like, I, I want more challenge. And so I'd be applying for these other, you know, kind of steps up and I kept getting, you know, um, kept getting the, the no, like, no, sorry, you, you know, you haven't been here long enough or you know, you're not, <laughs> kind of like, you don't know the right people. you don't have the right last name. Sure. I'm like, man, this is really frustrating. Like, yeah, I yeah. know I can do it and they keep telling me no. And so, um, how it came about is I ended up, we had our first child by that point and I wanted to sit down and get a college retirement or college savings plan set up for, for her. Uh, so I sat down with another advisor and, and, He's like, well, you could do this job. What are you doing now? And I told him, and and he's like, I think you should pursue this because, um, you know, then no one's going to tell you 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 got to stop where you're at. So, um, <laughs> okay. so yeah. that for yep. me kind of you know threw the bells on and like, oh my gosh, this is great! Like an opportunity where I kind of more so am my own boss, and um, there's the there's a there's not a limited uh, ceiling that I have to end up reaching. So sure. yeah. So did you come? Let me. Uh, did you come out of college debt free? Um, I didn't. No, no. Um, And so that, yeah, that was something too, that was pretty cool. So, um, you know, we, I think we had maybe like 28,000 in in student loans between my wife and I. Um, That's not bad though. I mean, considering all things. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Not everybody can do the Dave Ramsey plan or anything, but. (laughs) No, no. And so we, but we, that's one of the things that happened too, is we got on that Dave Ramsey plan um, sure. I think it was even before we were married, we started talking through it and wow. we just realized like, oh, we don't want to have these student loans forever. And so, um, you know, what we, what we committed to is like, we're going to work as much as we can to get, get all these loans paid off. And so we had actually, I think it took yeah. us like 14 months and we paid that 28,000 off. That's um, awesome. but yeah, but I worked, you know, I worked three jobs. My wife worked two. She was a barista at Starbucks and substitute taught. And mm-hmm. I worked at, you know, I mean, we were working a ton, but the cool thing was, is after that we were done. Um, yeah, and sure. so those student loans never came back. So, um, awesome. so at that point then we were still renting. And so we were totally debt-free, uh, and, yeah. you know, kind of followed Dave Ramsey's steps and everything, which is great. Yeah. I wish, I wish, so this was back like 2006 or something around yep. that time yep. frame. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I wish I would have found his information back then. We didn't find it till we came to first free like 2016 and okay and that was probably one of my biggest shortcomings was I'm a spender and sure. getting that habit <laughs> under control and oh yeah and and being able to play the long game for the future is probably where I struggle the most and and my wife as well and so we had you know, we we're, we still have a little bit of student loan debt that we're trying to finish off. But sure. um, I mean, she went to Viterbo and financed most of that. So if you can imagine what that looks oh, like. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Day, I mean, yep. it's, it was not pretty, but yeah. Well, yeah. And, 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 you know, in our relationship, I'm more of the spender too. And my wife is much more, you know, Dave Ramsey calls it the nerd maybe. Right. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's helpful, but yeah, I'm always the one pushing the envelope. Like, oh, we should try to do do this thing or buy this thing. So, yep, yep. <laughs> so I totally understand that. And that was, you know, was I mean, that was one of the hardest things was, you know, saying no to so many things uh, when you see everyone around you getting them. Right? I mean, you yeah. see them getting a house and a new car and all these things. It's like, man, you got to have that long game, you know, focus. Like he talks about that. Yeah. Like it's it's you know, it's not about now; it's about the future. So, and it's not about them because you have no idea. I mean, they could be financed to the hilt and scared of what 
what happens right. the next payday if if they lose their job or something like that and or if they are blessed i mean that's that's okay too that's their yeah, that's right that's been probably one of my biggest struggles is that ego and just letting go of all of that and you know if people get that stuff that's great that's their blessing and and you know i couldn't be happier for them it, it's just been one of my biggest struggles getting to that point i think sure. letting go yes of jealousy and ego and all that stuff oh yeah yeah Yeah. well yeah and and i think too what what comes of it is when when we are laser focused Mm -hmm. um it's almost like the blinders go on and 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 when we're so focused we don't see those things as much and it's when i started to kind of let that off that's when i'm like oh other people are doing all these things and i'm still here trying to do this but um there is a switch you know it does turn and so um, stick did with you, it. Is, did, did you also find that the monthly budget helped your communication with your wife a lot? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both, you know, both in, because now we have to, you know, talk about the spending and also, um, you know, we look at what it's spent on, you yes. know, and so values on the things that you do and that you spend on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that helped a lot. And for me, it was also partly now I've got, nothing else to hide there kind of a thing. You know, I can't have that extra secret credit card or something like that out there, or not that it was really a secret, but just, you know, it's where you had complete freedom on it. Yeah. 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 And I got nothing else to hide because if I got something to hide, then there's a problem, you know? Sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I hear you. Okay. Uh, So that job did, it sounds like you had some increasing frustration and was that kind of, just a little ego coming in there to play a little bit or how would you say it? Yeah, I would say, you know, now looking back at it is, is it was, I was kind of, you know, starting to get to that. I don't know if you call it like cocky, prideful uh, point, you know, because I was doing so well. Um, And so, um, so it was a little bit of that mixed in just with like, I don't get it. Like, why can't, if, if, if I'm doing this, why would you not want me to continue on? And so, um, so yeah, so that it was a little, probably I would say a bit of both if I look back at it for sure. Okay. Okay. When did you, what was the tipping point for you to leave? Was it just more of a decision to move on and do the new job as a financial planner or something else? Um, you know, it was, so it's probably twofold. It was definitely like, Hey, I kind of, you know, mm-hmm. maxed out my potential here. Right. Okay. Um, and then it was also the intrigue of, Oh, okay. I could, the things I enjoyed, like I loved when I was a kid investing and, and things like mm-hmm. that, like I could actually help other people. And especially having gone through Dave Ramsey's course, like, oh, maybe I can help people achieve sure. their financial goals. Um, you know, kind of a bunch of light bulbs went on where, um, you know, I didn't realize that that, that could be a potential. And and gotcha. then I was like, oh my gosh, this is a really cool opportunity. Uh, it comes with a lot of risks, but, um, but it's definitely a great opportunity. <laughs> Building a clientele from nothing, basically, that kind of thing. And Yeah, you know. yep, yep, yep. And so, so like, was Julie ahead. staying home with your kids at the time then as well? Yeah. Yep. So we had kind of made that decision, you know, earlier that you know, as much as we could, we'd have her at home, especially when they're younger. Um, mm-hmm. And so our, our oldest at that point, she, you know, she was only one uh, before we, before I transitioned from my previous job to where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that job also required a move down here to La Crosse area uh, from Eau Claire. So, okay. um, so I started fresh down here um or down in lacrosse uh you know in in my new role as a financial advisor okay. um and then julie was at home with our with our one daughter at that time yeah okay so that was around 2009 you started doing that 
Uh, yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. So that's a good time to start being a financial planner right, right in the middle of a financial crisis. And... Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's part of the way that our firm, you know, how we build our clients, you know, we don't get a list or anything like that. We go and knock on the doors and businesses doors and residential doors okay. in the community where we're at. And so, um, you know, that was one of the things we, I mean, I knocked on over a thousand doors in the lacrosse area, just introducing myself. And so, I mean, that was the last thing people wanted to talk about in 2009 was their investments because they sure. had either, you know, dropped substantially and they sold out and are not back in or, um, yeah. you know, some of them lost their homes. I mean, it was unreal, the stories I would get into. Wow. Um, and so it was really challenging. And again, I think that's a, a pattern in, in my life has been like, here's a challenge. I'm, you know, I end up in these very challenging situations, which is good. But at the mm -hmm. time, it's like, why in the world? Why would I start now? And I mean, I had a lot of people around me saying, you know, why would you leave this great company that you get paid a lot of money for to come and start something new during sure. a financial meltdown <laughs> or towards <laughs> the end of a financial meltdown? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, so you had a lot of, I had a lot of voices in my head telling me this is not the time you shouldn't be doing this, stick with what you know. Um, but, uh, you know, that's part of that overcoming and just kind of, you know, at the time I didn't realize it, but, you know, following the Lord's leading really. So. Yeah. Have you ever read the book, uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? Mm -mm. No, no, I've okay, heard other people mention it, but I haven't read yeah, it. Yeah, it's a really good book because it talks about uh, so what he calls resistance. And it's that little voice in your head that's telling you not to do something and or that gets in your way or that makes you go get another cup of coffee instead of sitting down to do the thing that you want to do or sure. you know, all those little things that keep you from walking what your path is and, and different techniques and ways of battling that. So huh, interesting. Yeah. I'll have to read it, it because yeah. I've heard you're like, and again, that's the other thing when, when people bring up a book two or three times, then I'm like, okay, now it's time for me to read it. So that's probably the third time someone's brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll yeah. be one of the next yep. ones. Yeah. I've got a stack of books over here that I, that I read. I'll be talking about that one on a podcast episode at some point too, because okay. he has a whole series of them out there. Cause I'm trying to also, I'm doing some writing and, and starting to get some uh, kind of some books together and things like that. And he talks about that as well. Part of them are about putting together how, what do you need to do to be a professional writer and those kinds of things also. Okay. So it goes on beyond that, but the whole resistance concept, pretty much you can apply to any part of your life of sure. what's making you not do the things you should be doing kind of a thing. So yes. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Okay. And now I did think of my question before too, or it's really yeah. more of a statement, but it's, that's, that was a great part. If you, you know, we're on the Dave Ramsey plan. You had the freedom to, to make that move to lacrosse and not be hamstrung by all your debt, you know, that, yeah. that a typical family would acquire. So. Right. And, and that's a really good point. It, it wasn't, um, uh, you know, it wasn't a financial decision, mm -hmm. for, you know, in, in the sense of like, Oh, we can't leave this job because then how am I going to pay this bill? Exactly. I yep. mean um, yep. the, the expenses we had when we moved down here was our rent in our food, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, insurances and things like that. But it, I mean, yeah. other than that, that stuff you got to pay no matter where you live. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. um, so yeah, so I, you know, that's a really good point that I don't, maybe I don't consider a lot is that was extremely, you know, extremely important part of that is, you know, in that timing is I was able, or my wife and I were able to make that change, uh, because of the freedom that we had, we weren't mm -hmm. tied down to something where maybe otherwise would have felt, Hey, I need to stay here because I got to make all these payments. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. How did, how, how was your, we talked about your faith life a little bit before, but as you were making these moves through your company and then moved to lacrosse, did you, had your faith life grown at all or gotten worse, better? 
Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think that's kind of the, you know, uh, that's, that's a, that's a hard question. I, I think, you know, um, looking were you, at, were you going yeah, to go church ahead. kind of a thing? Yeah, we were. Um, in fact, we moved down part of the, one of the things we did when we moved down here was, um, kind of work on, on being part of a church plant as well. And so, mm-hmm. um, so that was, you know, one of the things we got involved in. Um, but so I was going to church, we were going to church. Um, however, like, like maybe we'll get into it in a little bit here is, you know, I was really living a double life. And so, um, it was really hard to know where God was in my life because of, of the way I was living. Um, like sure. I said, and, and, you know, whenever we're ready, we can kind of get into that. Cause I think it's, you know, that's one of the main points of this whole thing. But, um, so I was, I was appearing right as though I was growing in my faith and I was doing the things that looked like, mm-hmm. uh, like I was doing that. So, mm-hmm. but was well, I really, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's, we'll get to that in just a little bit. I just wanted to let you set up where you're at right now with your yeah. business and things like that. Uh, when did that really start to take off for you with, with um, your business? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think one of the things is, so I, I, I started working with another uh, advisor just kind of out of their office. Um, and so, okay. and, and he was a great, uh, great motivator and mentor. Um, and so, um, you know, it was a slow, slow growth, right. Where, I mean, basically you're convincing people to trust you <laughs> versus someone else. And so it sure, was really sure. a, it took quite a while to, um, to build that, but I, I would say probably, you know, in the maybe third year or so things really started to take off. Um, okay. and I, you know, I share this story a lot too, where <clears throat> there was a time it was like in my first, I think it was in my first year. I mean, cause we were like straight, you know, you're building your own business, right? So, so there's mm-hmm. no salary or anything like that. And I mean, there was one month where I think we got a paycheck for like $386 was our monthly income. And, wow. Yeah. Um, luckily we had already had kind of a month ahead in an emergency fund. Um, but my wife was like, you know, Justin, this can't happen again. You know, like this is, is this what this is? Is this what we signed up for? So it was a major <laughs> turning point for me, yeah. um, to be like, wow, I can never have that again. Whatever I need to do, that cannot be the result. And so, um, you know, that is probably a time when I really like called on God to be like, I don't know, like maybe I'm doing the wrong thing, Lord, but like. I know if I put in the effort and the work, you'll bless it if I do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that was a huge reminder to me to like keep moving forward um, because there's a lot of, um, a lot of rejection in this career. You get rejected a lot. Um, And so you got to build up that ability to overcome that. I mean, if not daily, sometimes hourly, um, there's no turning back. There's no plan B. It's just go, go, go. Um, Yeah. And that's one of the things too, is I, I never had a plan B and people say, Oh, come on. I'm like, I didn't. And well, maybe I did for a second. So where I was, where my office was in, in lacrosse, I would watch um, the semis drive past regularly and I would okay. sit there and okay. I remember vividly after a phone call with a <laughs> person I had called, you know, telling me no, and don't ever call him again, things like that. Um, and I remember looking out and, and seeing these, these semis drive past. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I could just do that, like I could make a good income and I don't have to worry about anything. And, <laughs> um, you know, and that's when I had to have that reality check with myself and be like, you know what, if I, that's not what I want. Okay. Mm-hmm. For one. And I know because I see people who do what I do and they do well, I just have to keep pushing forward. And so that was a very vivid memory. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's where it's like, I never had a plan B for a brief second here or there I did, but when I really sat back, it's, that's not what I wanted to do. So, um, 
was yeah. ever was there ever any chance of anything like going back to your hometown and taking over your dad's company or anything like that? Oh yeah, yeah, and, and that was something kind of you know when I transitioned from the chemical company over to uh, financial planning is you know you know come back take over the company you know or mm-hmm. why would you leave and so I had those opportunities and you know my wife and I talked about it and we're just like you know we don't really want to live in a small town. She's from Milwaukee area. So a little town is, is not going to fit for us. It'd be fine for me, but um, we wouldn't be very, very happy or get along very well if that was the case. So, (laughs) so yeah, there was, and my dad was great. He never pressured us. He just kind of said, Hey, if you want to come and take over, it's here for you. And I think that was awesome. He did that with all of our brother, all my brothers is not, none of us actually are in the, in the business, um, but he never pressured us to do it. And I think that was really, I appreciate that. Um, cause I have, you know, friends and client, even clients now who were pressured to take over that family business and, you know, it wasn't that now they're fine, but initially it was a, a challenging thing. So, yeah. Okay. When did you, so you said it was about year three of your business that you finally started to feel like you were getting over the hump a little bit as far as, as doing better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at that point, you know, I, I had built up quite a few um, clients I was working with. So, you know, I knew people trusted mm-hmm. me and that builds confidence. It, it kind of becomes that cyclical thing where more confidence builds more trust, et cetera. And so, sure, um, sure. so, so it started to kind of roll there. Um, but the thing was, you know, and at that point, you know, even then it's easy to take your foot off the gas. And I had considered mm-hmm. that like, Oh, this is actually good. I'm making more than I was making before. And um, mm-hmm. my clients like me and I'm having it, they're seeing, they're reaching their goals. Yeah. Um, but then the guy that I was, uh, in his, had worked in his office, we had a, a lunch meeting and he said, you know, many people kind of, you know, stop here, right? This mm-hmm. is good. This is great life. Right. Yeah. Yep. But if you give it just a little bit more, okay. Like you press that accelerator, uh, you know, a quarter of an inch, you're going to get, you know, multiple, multiple miles per hour versus just staying where you're at. And so sure. I, that always resounds in my mind that when I get to that point where it's like, oh, this is cool. It's like, oh, if I just give it a little bit more, you're going to add so many more miles per hour to that, to that, that's awesome. you know, to where you're going. So, and that's, that's awesome. You had a mentor like that to, to, to kind of push you like that a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's might be something I've missed in my life a little bit is having that kind of person to push me at, at certain points when sure. I did it. So, cause I tend, I've at points gotten pretty complacent in where I was. And so I can definitely relate to wanting to take your foot off the gas and, and I think financially too, I got to the point where I was covering my bills and, but I was still racking up debt. And so, mm-hmm. so when we switched things around, I was kind of constrained. I was making enough money to get us out of the hole, but I didn't have enough to stretch to something else necessarily sure. because, yeah. because of the debt. And so, if, you know, if anything people can do to get into that Dave Ramsey program and get themselves taken care of that way and start to set up for their future. That's, that's yeah. probably the top thing I, I tell people. So, but. so you were kind of uncomfortably comfortable. Yes. Going, yeah. 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 But it, it, you know, couldn't necessarily leave the job because of, of it was paying too much to leave and, but not enough for me to, to really get ahead of the curve yet because of the debt sure. that I had. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so now do you that. have yeah, guys? That... Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's right. Um, I was just going to say, do you, do you have guys working for you now as part of your office or how does, how, how have you grown the business the last few years? 
Yeah, so um, I have I have two assistants that work with me. Um, you know, kind of how our firm does it is is we're kind of one one advisor with the support oh, gotcha. staff in okay. each of our brand, each of our offices, and so um, you know, just we do that purposefully because we really want our clients to have a very um, kind of intimate you know re- relationship with with their advisor where they come in, they know hey. And then my two support staff, like when you call our number, that's who you get. Um, when you send an email or you send in a, or you send a fax, if anyone still does it, it mm-hmm. comes right to our desks, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I, I've grown that to having from just one assistant to two, um, you know, and looking at in the future, you know, my goal is to continue to grow that to the point where, you know, sure. I do bring on someone that's kind of working more in the, um, you know, in the advisory role with me. Uh, that's kind of a goal of mine. And okay. Our firm uh, has options for that. So um, okay. you know, that's kind of the next hurdle that I'm working towards because I just know, like, um, you know, I, I'm able to really help my clients and I want to be able to do that with more of them. And the more that we can serve, the better and the more mm-hmm. for them, the more for us. So, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So at, at where you're at today, you, you said you've got how many kids right now? Yeah. So now we have four kids, um, four kids all together. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, two girls and then two boys. And I know, I know you mentioned in one of your other uh, podcasts that you have a, do you have an 18 month old, a year and a half year old, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we do too. So (laughs) I know what that lack, it's odd. I mean, like he doesn't sleep hardly at all at night. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But our other ones did fine. And and there's a six year gap between our two youngest. So um. (laughs) it's almost, that's crazy. Cause our, yeah, our second, second youngest is five. And then we have the one and a half year old. So there's a four year gap in there. And I mean, we're partly constrained by our situation right now that we're in a pretty cramped space while we get ready to travel and sure. and things like that. But so that doesn't help his sleeping, I think, being in the same room as mom and dad. But the way it's going, he'd probably be in here anyway, I think, sleeping yeah. with us. So, <laughs> right. yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what it is either. But, yeah, if you get it figured yeah, out, let yeah, me so know. <laughs> right, right. So I, it was funny when you said that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know exactly what that's like. And obviously, my, my wife takes the brunt of it. But still, yeah. it's like, oh, when are we going to have these nights where we can just sleep through the night <laughs> without any noises? Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Your business was growing. You were doing successful. You had mm-hmm. your, your was it three kids at the time or four? Uh, three. Yeah. Three we at the three. time. Yep. Yeah. And kind of stuff somehow came crashing down on you was there any indications up to this at all to your wife or anything like that or do you want to talk about no yeah yeah no they're they're you know I mean maybe lightly kind of after the fact after everything kind of came out and and, you know I mean I'll kind of get into you know what happened I mean I'm fine sharing you know I think this is important because it really helped to um it what it, it kind of shaped a lot of the future or the you know kind of what things look like going forward so um, but yeah, no, there was, really wasn't any indication to to my wife as to kind of what was going on or things I was doing. No. Okay. Okay. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about what happened, I guess? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, so um, I mean, obviously now it's a little easier to talk about, but um, you know, part of my story, which is a, a huge part is um, it was back in uh, kind of the, I guess it was like maybe six years ago now. Um it uh, um, kind of came out that that um, well, more than anything, that that I was living a, sep- a, a second life. Um, I had a double lifestyle, and so 
um, one that was steeped in what I didn't know at the time, but steeped in addiction. And um, that was sexual addiction, alcohol, alcoholism, alcohol addiction. And, um, you know, kind of going back, I mean, um, to kind of give a little bit of the background, but it, it, it started, you know, when I was a kid um, through some family members, distant, you know, family members um, that had, you know, in a sense abused me in a way. And, um, and, you know, I was young and didn't really know what that was or anything. Um, and, you know, progressed forward, fast forward up into, into my early thirties, uh, what it ended up looking like was, um, you know, multiple affairs, which I am extremely uh, embarrassed about. And, um, but, but what, what kind of came, how it all came to a head is um, I, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was in an affair and, um, and I, I hated myself. Um, literally just could not stand who I was. I looked great on one side, uh, but the other side was just, uh, I mean, I hated what I was doing. Um, and I've told myself, you know, I had told myself many times before that I would not do that again. And, um, it finally came to a point where, um, there was one, one night my wife was gone, my kids were sleeping and I, um, just, you know, thought it was the end. There's no way I can get out of this. And so I uh, proceeded to, to attempt suicide. Um, and I had, um, had nearly gone through with it. Uh, I had, uh, you know, had, had, had a gun in my uh, and and that's the first time I ever can say like I verbally or audibly heard, uh, may, I guess it was God. Um, I heard a, an audible stop, um, and keeping my no one was home except for my kids sleeping. And so, um, so I stopped, uh, but I knew that if I didn't confess what was going on, that I uh, would go through with it the next time, uh, and there wouldn't be a second chance. And so, um, this is kind of where, you know, I think, it, you know, back in, in, in my story, you know, or my, my past, you know, I had always had kind of men involved in my life even though I was kind of living a double life, I never shared with them the, the real me, but I, I, I had guys involved and there was this one man who I knew I could go to. And I went to him and, and just said, Hey, here's what's going on. I have no idea what to do with it, but I can't keep living like this because I know what the result's going to be. And so, um, you know, through his wisdom, he's like, I think we just, you know, we got to tell your wife. And, um, mm -hmm. and that was the, the worst day of my life, uh, by far, um, uh, was when that, when that came out, um, everything blew up as you can imagine um yeah. everything yeah. around me um you know no one even had a hint or inkling or anything uh I, and i was living such a double life you know um and we didn't know where we we're going to go from there you know that was kind of the big thing um you know is what in the world was going to happen going forward were we going to get a divorce um you know uh what, what was it going to be and so Kind of what came from that, honestly, Tony, um, you know, after my, you know, wife and I talked, you know, more and more came out. And I mean, she thought it was just this one thing. Well, it turns out it was multiple, multiple women. And that's, I mean, one of the things I want to say is to any woman that hears this, that, that had any involvement with me, like, I am deeply sorry. Like, whatever happened was, um, I, I wish, and I've told many people this, it, I would pay any dollar I could to go back and undo all of that. Um, but I, I can't undo it. And so, um, I've been able to make amends with, with some women, um, with my wife's, um, understanding, but, um, you know, it was, it was just 
unreal. And so at that point we realized like, okay, there's a deeper problem here. And, and yeah. um, this wasn't just a one-time thing. Not that there's even just a one-time thing in the sense of, I don't hate to put just in front of it, but yeah. um, this was a, this was a long-term issue. And so, um, you know, that turned into uh, going to a treatment center in the twin cities. Um, okay. And, and it was the first time that, um, you know, that I realized like I have to, I have to get completely honest. And I know you kind of mentioned with the, um, you know, with finances, you know, no other credit cards out there and things like that. Like I had to, you know, clear everything, clear the slate, you know, control out the lead restart. Um, and it, it was up to this point, the hardest thing I ever did. I thought building my business was hard. This was way harder um, because um, you know, that the level of trust that was broken, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a complete miracle and complete, I'd give all the glory to God and to my wife for, you know, committing and staying with me in that. Um, because if it wasn't for, for both of them, um, mm -hmm. and ultimately the Lord, there's no way I'd be here today. So, um, so anyway, so I kind of went into treatment center, um, worked through that, went to counseling. Um, it really took a good couple years of, of counseling, even to kind of work out everything. I mean, there were so many lies that I had built up over all those years of living this lifestyle and hiding. And did that go um, all the way back to college and everything too? It did. Yeah. 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 You know, and so it's, it's just, you know, um, that it, it, you know, it, you think about all these things and um, at, at one point I had to kind of list out all the things I did and it was just, you know, horrendous. I mean, I hated looking at that, at that list of things that, that I had done and um, you know, never anything like illegal or anything like that, but but just hurting, hurting people, yeah. many people. And so, um, you know, one of the things that, that has come out of that, I mean, is, you know, going forward, like I have a lot of, um, you know, hopefully I have a lot of time left on this earth. And so I want to, I want to build into people versus destroy them, which is what I was doing, you know? So, sure. yeah. So it did, it did go way back to college. Yep. Sure. So did you ever, I'm just trying to touch back. You'd mentioned some stuff happened when you were younger. Has that, is mm -hmm. that something your family's dealt with as well? Um, yeah. You know, when this all came out, it, it obviously became known to the whole, to my whole immediate family. And so, yeah. you know, I had to share with them, you know, that there was some extended family members that things that happened to me and yeah. um, you know, and that was even hard for the, I didn't have to, but I, through counseling chose to, you know, mm -hmm. find it in me to forgive them, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, I mean, I think somewhere in the Bible says you forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, you know, I mean, they didn't know, uh, just as mm -hmm. much as I didn't know exactly what I was doing, the hurt I was causing, you know, and so, um, you know, I think, um, so my, you know, my family obviously found out the uh, immediate family, but um, yeah, it's, it, and it was hard, it was hard for them to hear that and to, to know what happened. And, you know, and to this day, my mom, you know, she, she's apologized many times for just not knowing. And it, it's not their fault. Yeah. I mean, I, I hit it at that age. I just was like, yeah. oh, I don't want anyone to know this, what's happening. So parental, parental guilt is a, is a real thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that definitely, I'm sure shaped, shaped you as, as a young person and probably led to all of this, I'm guessing to a certain extent. Yeah, I think that's really what, you know, when I finally dug into it to see what was, what was, you know, what was causing this behavior, because I, I you know, doing these things I did, I didn't want to do them. I hated mm -hmm. myself for doing them. And then, then the question being, well, why are you doing them? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, 
um, you know, it, it goes with anything kind of, you know, if you, if you, if you, um, you know, drinking or, or overeating or anything, you, you don't want to, it's why. And so I had to uh -huh. dig into the why. And so going back to my childhood, that's where I finally saw like, oh, here's why, because I had these um, aired beliefs about myself, which I think we all can in many different areas, but I surely did in the, in the sexual yeah. side. And so um, had to work through that. Yeah. Okay. It, so a lot of, of, I mean, for me, it was a lot of not feeling good enough and not feeling, because I, I, and I've mentioned it on here before, you know, my own struggles with pornography and, and coming clean with that with my wife was probably one of the hardest things I'd ever done. And mm -hmm. deciding to just lay all of that out. But I think for me, it was just looking for, you know, some kind of affection and just not justification, but affection and, and someone to, I don't know, I I'm, can't even think of the right words for it, but to, you know, build me up a little bit or something sure, like yeah. that. And yeah. so I don't know if it's something along those lines for you too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, part of it is, you know, looking back again, like, you know, my, my dad is a kind of a perfectionist and so had an expectation yeah. of perfection. And so, you know, what it became for me was, you know, um, I mean, um, you know, pornography, uh, sex, things like that, that became my drug. Yeah. If I did that, I felt good because it does stimulate certain, um, you know, yep. hormones and things like that in your brain. So it feels good. Just like if you're, you know, um, you know, on a drug or, 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 or you know, things like that, it's going to stimulate similar, similar, um, uh, reactions. Right. And so anytime I, I failed, right. That was a big mm -hmm. thing. If I failed, if I, you know, didn't hit a certain goal or I missed something or I really screwed up with my family, I would yeah. go to that to get that drug so that I felt good. But then, I mean, that's not an everlasting drug. It, it, you got to go back and get more um, just like yeah. anything. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So is that kind of what you're, that, that yeah, makes sense? definitely that you got to keep, yeah. Anytime. And then, and then over time too, you start to lose the sensitivity to that. So it takes even more and you got to keep going back to the well more and more often. It's, it's like an alcoholic. It's not just one beer by the time you're in it. It's, a 12 pack, yeah. it's a case of beer and the same thing with sexual addictions as well. Right. right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the thing is, is, you know, once it was finally identified, I think that's the key thing too, is with any of this stuff, like when that's brought to light, right. Mm -hmm. Then Satan no longer has power over it. And that's what I experienced yeah. when, when it finally got out there. And I mean, getting all these things out there, it felt like my soul was being ripped from me because I was hiding it so deep. And I know that Satan didn't want that out. You know, he yeah. wanted that in because then he had control. And so, um, but, but once that got out, then it lost a lot of power. Now it didn't lose the, it didn't lose the fact that I thought I needed that to feel good. That was a retraining yeah. of my brain that had to come later. Um, yeah. but, but just getting it out, brought the light to it. That was huge, huge. I mean, major game changer. Yeah. 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 And it's just cleansing to mm -hmm. get all of that off your soul and get it out there for, and get it, just get it out. I mean, the saying those words is the hardest thing ever. And I can imagine yeah. it's even worse, you know, uh, depending on what, where it lies, but uh, what was, what was your, I, and you said your wife obviously didn't react well. Did you guys separate for a while? Did you, uh, where did it go right away? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so through, you know, um, our counseling, you know, what they did is they encouraged us to, um, you know, look into 
um, like a restorative separation. You know, a lot of times separation is like, like um, you know, to stay apart, Prelude get apart, to and stay apart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they really counsel us through like this is <clears throat> to help us get back together. But mm-hmm. I mean, at the time, I wasn't a safe person in the sense of, you know, I was still hurting my wife through like the things I'd say, or even just yeah. you know, sometimes her seeing me at certain times. Um, and so, so, yeah, we had a we we separated for about three months um, with the goal of coming back together. And so we had a lot of things we had to work through during that time. But it was it was really in that that I mean, I had some key things that happened. Um, you know, one of them is one a family member who had gone through something similar um, called me out of the blue and just you know said, "Hey, um, just for all it's worth, I had this too, and, and I want you to know it's worth it to fight." You know, and yeah. so that was a key That's thing. Awesome. I'll never forget that. I told him that. Yeah, yeah, that was like amazing. Um, and then another very vivid memory was um, just kneeling at the side of my bed, um, ha- you know, having been separated for a month by that time, I think, and just like you know, really just calling out to God, saying, "I have no idea how to make this happen, how to fix it. I just need you to do it, and I'll do whatever you want." And uh, when I finally, you know, gave all that up, that's really when you know, we started to see things turn around, I guess. So um, that complete, you know, utter bottom and just here's everything I got. I can't do anymore. That's, that's, yeah. Your wife, she must have been open to a restorative separation. I mean, it it sounds like she didn't give up right away. Yeah. I mean, that's the amazing thing is, you know, she was, um, she had every right. Don't give me every right to just say, Hey, I'm done. See you later. Um, you know, I'm not going to say in this, right? And 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 yeah. I could not have blamed her if she did. Um, but I'm so grateful for her. I mean, she's an amazing woman. And like, you know, said, I'm willing to work. If you'll work, if you don't want to work, then we're done, you know, but I, I'll give yeah. it a chance. And we got one, we got one chance here. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, she didn't want, she came from a family of multiple divorces and didn't want that. And, you know, she never signed up for this. She had no idea when she <laughs> yeah. married me that I was like this, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, and from the outside, I appeared like I was the greatest, you know, well put together person you could meet. Right. And so, um, so, so she was, yeah, I mean, uh, unreal that she would even give it that chance. And, and I knew she was serious that this is it, like mm-hmm. no more, you know, it's gotta be, we got to work this out. So um, she was amazing and is, yeah. So this was roughly in the 2015 timeframe somewhere in there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Around that time frame. Yeah. When did you, when did you start to come to first free? Um, so I started coming, um, about three years ago, um, okay. Okay. you know, and, and a big driver was really the, the, the uh, restore ministry that had kind of started there, um, sure. under, uh, you know, kind of the, their ministry coordinators, you know, getting all that put together. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, because, so I went to a treatment center, went to counseling and then it's kind of like, okay, um, <laughs> what's, what else is there? And yeah, what else do, how do we keep going? And so it was awesome that they had that. And so, um, I got involved right away in their restore ministry and, and went through mm-hmm. the courses, which were huge and met, mm-hmm. you know, that was the cool, the, the big thing in this, which you probably experienced is like, yeah. I always thought I was alone, that it's just me, right. Yeah. That I'm the only one struggling with this. I'm the only one that's being this, you know, what to your family. And, but that wasn't true. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people struggling just like there is with alcohol or drugs or overeating or under eating or whatever it might be. Yeah. That I, you were talking about when I think when it froze, you were talking about the, we're not alone in this, that there's a lot yeah. of other guys out there struggling with the same thing. So 
Yeah. And I think that, that was the thing that was, you know, really important. And, and for anyone, I mean, if you're listening mm-hmm. to this and you're like, Hey, yeah, that's me, but I haven't said anything. I mean, get in a group where there's other guys yeah. that you can get, get this stuff out. I mean, I saw yeah. so many lives change once I kind of got more involved in that, that yeah, you don't have to struggle alone. You don't even have to, you don't have to live like that. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. And I think the thing I liked the most too, was that it's a small group type setting also. And it mm-hmm. lets you, it's not like 10 guys trying to get together and talk and go through all of this. I mean, it's a lot smaller than that. And, and it gives yep. you a chance to really take the time to be honest and open about it and, and work through on a, on a day-to-day basis, what's going on in your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's exactly it. You know, I mean, I was in like accountability groups through college yeah. and early yep. married and all that. And, and none of them were what that was where it's like, let's actually ask the real questions, you know, and, mm-hmm. and in a small enough group where you feel comfortable sharing like, Hey, this is how bad it is, or this is what I did lately. And mm-hmm. um, not out of a place of shame, but out of a place of like, bring light to it. Yeah. Expose yep. it for what it is and then move on from there. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing is, or one of the big things, I guess, is letting go of that guilt for what's been done mm-hmm. and being able to take those steps forward. But coming with that is your spouse can't beat you over the head with it either. I think that's another big part yeah. also is that she's got to have her healing journey also. So what did your wife do? Was she doing her own counseling at, at this point? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. That's a good point too. So um, the treatment center I went to also had a, um, a part where the spouse, the, the, the hurt spouse or whatever mm-hmm. um, that, that they would go to um, mostly women, obviously, but um, yep. in, in this situation. So, uh, but yeah, so she went to that uh, kind of a, a week long or a three day treatment there. And then she, her and I were in like kind of separate counseling where we'd come together then and discuss things. So, True. and that was the cool thing. Like, you know, she, cause it's easy to just say, well, he's got the problem and I did have the problem. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and it was like, you know, pretty much hundred percent on me, but for, for my wife, she'd realized like, Hey, there's some things in her that if she worked through, mm-hmm. we could even be better on the other side of this. And so she did that That's work. Right. I mean, she did as much work as I did on herself and, you know, she didn't have an addiction and sexual addiction or anything like that, but other things that were there and codependence yeah. and things like that, where, yeah. um, you know, typically a codependent spouse easily than another spouse can be acting out because mm-hmm. just how that whole dynamic works. And so she realized like, Oh, I needed to work on my stuff too. And, and she yeah. did that, which was awesome. So, yeah. yeah, that's, that's great. When did you feel, was there one moment where you felt like you turned the corner or was it just kind of building up over time where you felt like your marriage was coming back together? Um, you know, I mean, for sure, the the turning point where it was just like, wow, was when my wife actually, we were ta- talking and, and she actually, you know, said that she forgave me. Yeah. And that was huge. You know, that was a big deal. Because um, I didn't know that if I had to proceed, assuming yeah. that that may never come, you yeah. know. Um, and so that was unreal. I'll never forget that. Um mm-hmm. And because then at that point, then it's like, okay, like we're in a point of restoration where we can now like, let's go get life, you know, and, um, and let's not get back to that point ever again. So that was, that was a major turning point. And it took a good, you know, three years before we ever got to that point, but, and it was super slow, but it was, I mean, that was amazing. So, Yeah. 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 And then out of that came 
I mean, uh, so you weren't done having kids yet, or you thought you were done having kids, but you, uh, obviously you've got four kids now. So yeah. talk about that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And we, you know, um, we never have another child just kind of given the challenges we had gone through and stuff. And, um, and so kind of the cool thing is, um, so our, our son who's born now, um, we kind of call him our redemption baby because, uh, you know, I had been sober by that point for, uh, four years, um, which was really cool. And, um, you know, it was just kind of like, a, uh, almost like, a, you know, an image of, of the reconciliation and, and healing that happened, like to bring another, another life mm-hmm. into this, into this world. And, and for me, it was really important because like, I was fully engaged, like our other kids, I wasn't very engaged in the pregnancy and the birth because I was so double-minded like here. Yeah. yeah. I got to like experience the whole thing. And that was so cool. Like just to be a hundred percent engaged. Um, and that was, that was awesome. And, yeah. you know, I'll never get that back with the other kids, but just to see, you know, what it can be like was really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And like we said at this, or I don't know if uh, we had this on the recording or not. We both have like one and a half year olds now yeah, that, yep. that don't sleep. So awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I remind myself of that. How thankful I am when, <laughs> when I'm tired in the morning, you know, but, um, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. but, but yeah. And, and, that, and that's just, I think it was just kind of a, it's a picture and a testament to the, to the work that was put in both, you know, my wife and I individually, and then together as a couple. And, you know, and that's the thing is like, that's a picture of hope, right? Like, like mm-hmm. no matter where we're at, you know, God will meet us there. And he desires us to not live that way into the future. And so I, I lived in this realm of kind of like sexual chaos, I guess you can call yeah. it for almost 25 years of my life before it all came out. And I look forward to that day when I'm on that 26th year on the other side of it to be like, I live more years out of it yeah. than in it. And so, you know, that drives me every single day to give it a hundred percent because I know that that is an opportunity that, that I don't want to miss. So sure. it's awesome. huge. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So what are you doing at first free these days? Are you still helping out with the care ministries? Is Julie, is Julie helping out there as well? Or, or. Um, I, I, I have, I'm doing more kind of on an individual uh, level okay. with, with, you know, like if someone kind of calls and says, Hey, you know, there's a marriage issue or the, the husband's, um, you know, acting out or whatever. Are you one of um, Steve's can, first responder type guys? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Okay. Yep. That's kind of what, yep, exactly. So I've, I've met with a couple and, and it's, it's, you know, um, I, I love doing that because, you know, people stepped into my life was when I was there, when I was at that bottom, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I, and I, I needed them. I needed to hear from someone else like, Hey, you can, it, it can be different. It doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be as much chaos. And so, um, yeah, that I love doing that. Um, I, I, it's been a year since I led like a group, uh, you sure. know, some, one of the groups or anything, but, um, this has been a good thing. I'm also helping out with, um, uh, the first, first for youth a little bit. And so, um, you know, so a lot of times going to that, but I still am able to kind of, you know, see these, these guys get some help, um, in a, on an individual basis. Yeah. 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 And the, I think the cool thing about that with the, the first responders thing is that we used to have to tell people, oh, you've got to wait till August yeah. or January or something like that to start a new course. And right. this, this, a lot of these times, these guys can't wait if they've got oh, disclosure or something like that. And they're in crisis yeah. right now. So yeah. that's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if, if I didn't, um, you know, hadn't had some people and we, and we found this treatment center, 
you know, if I wouldn't have had that, I, I don't even know, we probably wouldn't be here if we wouldn't have found something right away. And so that's the biggest thing too, is when that does sure. come out, I mean, get with someone who can help as soon as possible because other, other, others are there who've been through it and they can really be helpful. So, hmm. yeah, you know, and, and on that too, I think, you know, something that came of it is like, you know, that was a big um, impact in my business too, because I spent a ton of time on repairing and, and healing our marriage and not as much time on building my business, you know, and in fact, I mean, I, I tabulated the cost. I mean, when the addiction kind of everything came out, I mean, it, when I totaled it all up, I mean, it cost in those few years, I mean, it cost probably close to $100,000, both in lost production and um, sure. in, you know, cost of counseling. And I mean, it may be, might even have been over that. And so it's like, I'm not going to let that go to waste, right? Like, yeah, we yeah. put that time in. And, and, and so but what the cool thing was, is this, like, since that time, when when everything kind of blew up, like, it has gone so much the other way, where when, when I think when a person gets clean of the things that are, that are, that are breaking them down and trying, like I was just a mess inside, even though I didn't look like it. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I can actually give life, my family, my work, you know, I can give it all that I have because I was only yeah. giving it half, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing is, is I'm like, yeah, I can help out with youth or I can do this because I used to fill my time with, with, you know, a bunch of crazy stuff that I shouldn't be doing. Right. How old is your oldest right now? Uh, so my oldest is 12 right 12. now. Yep. Yeah. Do you, how much of an idea of all of this do you think they know what's going on? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's been interesting. You know, we were, I, I was just craziness, right? Like with separation and all this and they were young, but um, you know, one of they the know something's that, going on. I'm sure they know something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, and that's just it. And so we told them at that age what they could handle. Um, and then since then we've told them more as they've, okay. as they, as they've grown up, um, you know, and, and actually in a really, I mean, unreal kind of, you know, coming back full circle, like my 12 year old shared our, my story, our story in front of the youth group. Um, wow. but for her, it was a picture of grace. Yeah. I think it's cool. Cause she saw, um, you know, God's grace through my wife and I working through our stuff, realizing like, Oh, there is hope. And so it was like, she actually saw Jesus in that, which I didn't, that's not why I was doing it. I was, you know, not at all, but it's just really neat. So like it taught, it showed me like, Hey, it is okay to be open. And they know something's going on. I mean, yeah, they don't know all the gory details of things, but, but we, you know, when they asked, we let them ask questions and we answered them to the level we felt was appropriate. And, um, and and also you know open with our story somewhat right i mean i'm yeah. talking to you now right and i've talked to other people and i've talked in front of other groups and um i think that's a big thing is we need to you know light has to be brought to it to yeah. help people to see like you know this isn't i mean yeah it's 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 one of the probably the most secretive addictions out there mm-hmm. um and and it but it also is you know probably one of the most destructive or can be and so i think um you know it's okay for it was okay for our kids to hear it as it was age appropriate yeah yeah so with the that picture of of grace and and the pic, the the thoughts that I had in my head were just not perpetuating that sin to the next generation because it would be so easy to divorce and for your you know your wife came from a broken family yeah already that's what she kind of knew probably so it probably would have been an easy decision and that's what half the people in this country do these days is they just sure. take the easy way out so yeah 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 right and and i think that 
you know, I, I'm never going to judge someone if they do go that route. It's just that like, yeah. there yeah. is hope, like you, it doesn't have to go that way. And that's what I want for anyone, you know, hearing what I'm sharing is that like, you, you, but you both have to be willing to work. Right. Yep. And that, I think yep. that was the big thing is we both had to be willing to work on it. Um, mm-hmm. And if probably if, if one of them, if one person isn't, it is going to be a hard, hard way to go. Yeah, definitely. And it, and it's, and it, there's definitely reasons to get divorced too. I mean, even pastor Shane talks about, has talked about more than once that if there's abuse, if there's things like that, that it can be, and, and I won't judge anybody either. I I've been divorced myself and that's, and a large part of that is due to my sin at the time and my Mm -hmm. shortcomings. And, but you've got to be sure that that's what you both really want or that, or that, that, yeah that that's the path you want to go down because uh, I'll tell you myself, I mean, financially it's, it's a 10 year recovery at least. And, mm-hmm. and emotionally I still have struggles. I think not necessarily from the divorce, but just uh, realizing what some of my shortcomings were and then being able to work through those and take it yeah. to the next step kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. But then I also think, okay, well, I would never have got to where I am today with the marriage I've got right now if, if mm-hmm. that stuff wouldn't happen. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. and, I, and I think that's why we can't look back. Like, I even, like, I didn't choose, you know, to live my life that way. Right. Um, yep. Yep. And at the same time, like, you know, I can see that, like, you know, God can make things new. Right. Yeah, and, and there is that hope there. And so, like, yeah, you know, going back, looking at it, like, okay, he still worked through all of those things that were so challenging that almost destroyed our family, my business, everything. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and honestly, I mean, it's, it's, it's now better than it ever was and maybe better than it ever would have been if nothing would have ever been said. Right. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. So where do you think you're going to go from here? What's your, what's your, what's your, <laughs> do you have plans, goals, things like that from here? Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I have a big passion to, you know, just to see people live their life to the fullest. I think that's extremely important. I, and, you know, I love, um, you know, uh, your, your, your podcast and kind of your message of, you know, grow to amazing. And I think that that's, that's a big thing is, is um, I'm thankful that I've um, been able to accomplish what I have, but I'm not done, you know, and, and, and I would, the more people that I see both, you know, get freedom um, that ex- can excel in their career and their family. Like that's where I get my energy from. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I love what I do in my career because I get to see people achieve their goals. Um, sure. but I also which we, love, which see... we might be talking about at some point too, cause I could use some help there. Sure. That'll be yeah. a separate yeah, discussion. Any, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know. So, you know, I think, um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to see, you know, continue to just build, uh, the momentum of, you know, sharing a message of hope, you know, motivation. I love seeing people perform to their top level. That's something I'm committed to for myself, for my family. Um, you know, because I know, like I said, I mean, I don't know how many years I have left. I want to make sure I get 26 years on the other side of this thing and give it a hundred percent because I only gave it 50% the first 25. Right. So, um, you know, that, that's a huge thing driver for me. And so building into other people and getting that message out there. I mean, that's, that's really what I want to do. Awesome. Do you feel more engaged with your kids these days too? Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah, too. I mean, way better, you know, obviously still there's some times where it's like, and especially, you know, the advent of the phone, like, right. Yeah. It's easy well, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. disengage in that <laughs> um, and social media. And so that's something I got to check myself, but yeah, to, 
the simple engagement of knowing what they're doing and caring and engaging and, and spending time with them. Like I just, I hardly did that before when I was living in that addiction, that addictive lifestyle, because it was all about me and, yeah. and could I get my drug or not, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So switching, switching topics just a little bit. I noticed yeah. you're a big Andy Frisella follower. Is that right? Yeah. Or, yep. Yeah. What is it about him that kind of appeals to you? Um, you know, I, so I like, I, yeah, I definitely like Andy Frisella and Ed Milet. Um, really kind of what turned me on to him. I, I got involved in the RTA syndicate. Um, I didn't really know too much what it was. I started to kind of listen to Ed Milet stuff a little bit. Um, yep. and there yeah, came and an Ed, opportunity. Ed Milet's great as well. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so the, this, the RTA syndicate, um, just a group of business owners and, and, and people who want to, you know, kind of perform at the top level. Um, we have uh, coaching calls with both Ed and Andy and a few others. And so that's kind of how I started to get engaged with, uh, with Andy. Um, and you know, I just like his, his no nonsense attitude and, mm -hmm. um, just kind of, Hey, because it's what I did. I mean, I worked hard and I put mm -hmm. in the work and I saw the result both in my business and my recovery, right. I had to work yep. crazy yep. hard to make that happen. But yep. then also to bring in, you know, that God blesses, blesses that as you work on it. And mm -hmm. I think that's the message that, you know, not necessarily that Andy shares that, but he shares the message of, you know, work at things, work at it. It doesn't come without, you know, putting yeah. the effort in. I mean, we see all these pictures of, you know, everyone with all the stuff they got and, you know, very few of them actually worked hard for it. So, yeah. um, yep, yep. You know, or, so. or they're hiding something behind there too, you know? Yeah. yeah right. Who knows? Yep. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I, so I, I've enjoyed his, his stuff and, and I mean, the RTA syndicate's been a, a big, big boost to me just to be motivated and lots of good insight and energy and um, you know, something that, and I'll share this too. This is a really, I mean, unreal. So when I first started in my career as a financial planner, um, at the training center where I was at the uh, guy who was like kind of coaching us uh -huh. um, talked about, he wanted us all to draw a picture of where we wanted to be 10 years from now. And I like, Oh, this is kind of goofy, but okay. <laughs> so I spent some time thinking about it and I drew out this picture of a house on a hill um, with some trees lining the driveway in the country, you uh -huh. know, and, and I, you know, put it away. Um, and then, you know, I, I look at, this is just so crazy flat, you know, given all that happened, right. Where I'm sitting right now is in a house on a hill with trees lying <laughs> in the driveway, looking out at an American flag. That just shows how important visualizing those goals are. Now I yeah. can't find that picture. I'm look. I looked oh, all over man. for it. And yeah. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Yep. Um, but, but that was like an early kind of hint at, you know, how important that visualization is. And, and that's a big thing that, you know, both Andy and I talk about is, sure, you know, visualizing sure. that thing. And so I do that a lot now. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, I, I just had to, I was like shocked, like, oh my gosh, this is the picture I drew 10 years ago. Like unreal. Like we went through building a business, destroying our marriage almost, and, and, and still we're at the picture. Like, how yeah. can that be? Yeah. Uh, just insane. Right. And yeah. so, that is the power of, of our minds. And mm -hmm. especially when we couple them with God's grace and, and, and his leading and us following, yep, I mean, absolutely. that's it right there, man. I mean, yeah. it, like unreal. So yep. anyway, awesome. just want to share that. Any That's other guys cool. besides Ed Milet, Andy Frisella that you follow regularly? Um, let's see, you know, um, Tony Robbins a little bit. I'll follow, mm -hmm. you know, some of his stuff. Um, uh, you know, I've been reading a, a book by, um, uh, Dave Goggins, um, yep. you know, yep. so, so he, yeah. yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, 
you know, so I kind of, you know, been getting into that stuff a little bit. I did the, um, I did the 75 hard, uh, kind of program this last summer, which that was really good, but really, really challenging. Uh, and I didn't continue it. You can kind of like continue it, but that was kind of, that's Andy Frisella's thing. That's really how I got to get into what he's doing. But yeah, so I'd say, you know, between Andy, Ed, Tony Robbins, you know, Dave Goggins, that kind of stuff is kind of what, what I've been been getting information from. Yeah. Yeah. One of the first books I reviewed on here was, was Jocko Willink and Leif Babin's Extreme Ownership. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he's got, I haven't read that yet. (laughs) Yeah. Put that one in your list too. So along with his podcast is, is it, it's not so much necessarily, he's not out there to, he's not out there to kind of, uh, from an entrepreneurship's perspective, he's just there to right. kind of, what's, he does a lot of talking to ex-military and lots of reviews of historical books, but it's all, it, you know, it's no, no BS, no, you know, yeah, right. get, yep. get the, put the work in, you get the results on the other end kind of thing. Yes. So, yeah. So I yeah. I listened to his, one of his, uh, he had, a um, a woman who, who had kind of went through the Holocaust, I think. Oh yes. Um, yep. Yep. that was, that yep. was really good. That was the first one I think I ever listened to. And I was like, Oh, this is, re-. in fact, my kids listened to it too. And they didn't want to stop, you know, <laughs> we're in the car and they're like, we don't want to, li- we don't want to watch our, do our iPads. We want to listen to that yeah. thing you were listening well, to. Well, he that, actually so. has a, he's got a set of four kids books out called the warrior kid. Like okay. War. And then he has a warrior kid podcast as well. So, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Where he does, it's, it's kind of a Q and a based off of the books and things like that. So I would sure like get one of the books first and our boys love it. And it's, and they just wanted to start recording workout videos to put up on YouTube oh, and stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, well yeah. then that makes, then you're going to make dad get off my couch and start doing workouts. <laughs> you know, that's, right, right. that's the one thing that suffered for me with, where we're living right now is we're out in the country and it's next to a major highway. So like going for a run in the winter is not going to work very well. So, but anyway, so warms up, you might want to look into 75 hard, Tony. It's uh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it it busts you, but it's good. Yeah. Yep. Definitely need to do something. So shock to my system. It's going to suck for a while, but yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So would you say, you said I, you, you do CrossFit quite a bit as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Would you say you've kind of replaced that's, that's not turning into an addiction, is it? (laughs) No, no. Um, I can miss a day here or there if I need to. Okay. Good. (laughs) Um, but, but it definitely has been a, that's been a big thing, you know, and, and here's something that's cool that's come out of it. Like, you know, so obviously, so, so I started doing CrossFit, um, right outside of kind of everything coming out. I just, I needed an outlet. Right. And so one of the things I made a commitment to is to my wife, if I'm going to do this or, you know, there's women there and things like that. So, um, you know, so I'd, I'd bring, I, I'd have to tell a couple guys there. I don't really know anyone. Well, I, I go to a CrossFit and here there's two guys who are believers. I kind of get to yeah. know them. I tell them my story. They're like, Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm like, just, you know, if you see me doing something you think is questionable, I mean, call me out. Like uh, I'll give yeah. you the permission, you know? Um, and that's, we built awesome friendships. And then another guy there actually ended up kind of becoming my mentor where I meet with him weekly and just kind of awesome. share what's on my mind. And so um, through that community, it's just like, you know, you know, God, God knows what you need and when you need it. And yeah. it was that cross the gym with those people. And it's, it's just been awesome. So, um, you know, That's I awesome. love the workout part, but also just the, the friendships with these guys and yeah. kind of all go at the same time. And, 
um, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it's kind of what you, you get what you put into it kind of a thing from that perspective. And, and if yeah. you reach out, I mean, the hardest part is taking that initial first step and then, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I, it got you for me. It's like, okay, if I want to do this, I have to, I mean, it was one of the requirements I had to tell someone. And so mm. it's just as cool that the couple dudes there I could be yeah. open with and, and ever since then, you know, kind of gone forward with it. So, yeah. Okay. So what the way I kind of usually end this is as I as I tend to try to give a challenge for the week to the guys that are oh. listening or to the people that are listening. Sure. This isn't just for guys. I mean, this can be for anybody, but I'll put you on the spot. And if there's uh, there's kind of a challenge for the week that that you could tell people to do, what what might that be? Sure. You know, I, I guess, you know, thinking through everything that we talked about, I, I would probably just um challenge you know anyone to, to to look into you know themselves and and see you know is there something and it doesn't have to be crazy major like a sexual addiction or something but is there something that you know maybe needs to change you know sure. whether that's hey i need to yeah get off the couch one more time a day or something mm-hmm. um you know something that you don't really like about yourself because i think you know one thing that i realized is there were a lot of things i didn't like i just didn't do anything about them for so long and so yeah. Yeah. you know, taking that, cause I, I think we know what we don't like. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you could, I could list the things I don't like right now. Like mm-hmm. personally, I don't like the way that I'm eating. I'm not eating very well. Yeah. All right. And so my challenge for myself is I need to commit to actually eating better. What does that look like? Right. And yeah. so like, yeah. we all have something that we don't like if we, if we didn't, well, either we're too full of ourselves and not very <laughs> humble, right. Or we're in heaven already. So yeah. um, I know that uh, probably either of those things aren't true. So I would mm-hmm. say challenge to look at what is it, what is something you don't like about yourself and can you, or will you decide to make a change about it? So yeah. That, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's perfect. So that's perfect. Any final thoughts? Um, I think, you know, I want, I want to, you know, to say thank you to, to you, Tony, for, for having me on and, absolutely. Um, and, and for anyone that, you know, hears this and, and connects with any part of it, if you, just want to talk about, Hey, I'm, I'm going through something tough. I'm, I'm here. You know, you can reach me on, on Instagram. Um, it's the Justin wise. Um, and, um, or, you know, Tony can, can put some links in here too, but, um, yeah, feel yep, free definitely. to feel free to reach out. Um, or if it's on, Hey, I, I want to take my business to the next level. What do I need to do? Um, I'm not, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I know I've done things and it's worked. Um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, one of the big things is I've always said, I'm not going to be paralyzed per, by perfection because I lived a life of, of trying to be perfect. And so I'll just do something like this podcast. I thought, it, you know, <laughs> Hey, I'm just going to do it. It's not going to be perfect. I'm not going to yeah. be paralyzed by it. If I wanted to be perfect, I could never probably talk to you, Tony. Right. So, um, well, so I never, so, I never so, would have started this either if I thought I was going to be yeah, perfect at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're a good example of it. So I think that's the thing is, you know, I've applied that in my business and it's worked out very well. It's not always comfortable. It's not always easy, but um, so yeah, if there's anyone that has questions on that kind of stuff, I'm here for you. I know Tony's there for you too. So, um, that's what I guess I'd leave you at. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on. And, and, and I don't think our spouses get enough appreciation either for being there for us, you know, and, and being open to change by God and, and to mm-hmm. just living their faith in what they do every day. And, oh yeah. 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 I mean, that's just that like you and I, neither of us would do what we're doing right now. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't even be here. Right. So yeah, I agree a hundred (laughs) percent. 
All right. Okay. Well, thanks for, thanks so much for making it on the podcast and, and I will definitely uh, be reaching out to you again. So maybe we can make this happen more often. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Tony. And yeah, my goal is to grow to amazing with you. So that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks. Hey everyone, just uh, after wrapping up with Justin, um, actually in the middle of editing it right now, and I just felt the need and uh, to record a little bit of an add-on for the podcast. So I'm so thankful to everyone for um, tuning into this and so thankful to Justin for opening up about his struggles and his life and, and his challenges. And I hope anybody that's listening that is struggling in that way, whatever side of that equation you're on, whether it's someone like Justin with similar struggles in their lives that they haven't dealt with or are dealing with in the midst of crisis right now, or they're on the other side being affected by that, whether you ask for it or not, well, not whether you ask for it or not, but you're on the other side and you're dealing with it also with the pain and the hurt and, and everything. I just ask you to not give up hope uh, that that somehow things will work out in a way that makes you more fulfilled and more whole at the end. Not everything works out the way it does for Justin and Julie and, and the blessings that they've had in their lives to be able to rebuild their marriage and rebuild their lives together. It doesn't always get that way, but it certainly can happen because I, it's hopefully it's, it's obvious from his tale that there was a heck of a lot of work that they put in to get back to where they are today. And, and we didn't really dig down into what that meant. I'm sure there's a lot of anger, a lot of hurt, a lot of tears, a lot of deep discussions and a lot of soul searching on both sides to decide to keep things going and to make it better than it was before. So I would just say, don't give hope, don't give up hope. Know that there's gonna be work that you've gotta put in give your pain to God, give your, give yourself to God and trust that there's a way to make this all work out. And, and I, and hopefully that helps you, but find a faith family to help you out. Hopefully find a way to get some help right away, both sides of the equation and do the work. And whether or not your marriage is able to stay together out of this, your relationship, whatever is affected by it, Maybe there is no turning back for you, but you're still going to have pain to deal with. You're still going to have that hurt to deal with. And if you don't want it to affect your next relationship, then you've got to do something about it. And you've got to get it out there and talk about it and understand what happened from your perspective and try to fix what you can fix and at least come to terms with it. Because otherwise you're going to carry that around like luggage for the rest of your life. And it's going to affect every other relationship until the day you die. So I certainly hope that your relationship, if you're struggling like Justin and his wife were, that you can find a way to get help and, and move on and, and rebuild your relationship and find healing and, and in the end, uh, come together closer as a couple and as a, as a child of God and as someone that, uh, that put in the work and saw the results and was blessed to be able to come out the other end with, with the family and children growing stronger together. So that's all I really wanted to say, but I appreciate Justin coming on and being that open and talking about his story. I highly recommend him as a friend, as a, as a financial advisor, and just as someone to talk to, if you need someone to talk to, he's available through first free and on Alaska as one of their 
uh, first responders uh, that have had training in dealing with crises like this. Our church has been great about that. So if you need that kind of help, don't hesitate to reach out. If you're with another church that needs a model for how to implement something like that, uh, Pastor Steve that was on podcast six, I believe, is a great one to reach out at First Free in Alaska and find out more about it or, or uh, Justin here as well. So thank you. I uh, hope you find something out of this that's valuable. And uh, as always, rate us, review us, subscribe. Let me know if there's something I can do better because uh, no way do I have all this figured out, but I'm doing the best I can. So for Gurdu Amazing, this is Tony, out. Mm -hmm.